The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to Nicodemus, Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe has already been condemned, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the verdict, that the light came into the world, but people prefer darkness to light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light, and does not come toward the light, so that his works might not be exposed. But whoever lives the truth comes to the light, so that his works may be clearly seen, as done in God. The Gospel of the Lord. In the year 313, the Edict of Milan was issued throughout the Roman Empire, legalizing the Christian faith. From the time of Christ until the year 313, it was normal that Christians would be persecuted and killed as part of just the, the normal practice of the Roman Empire. If they didn't bow down before the Roman gods and offer incense to the Roman gods, you could be killed. And so that's why we have so many martyrs in the early church. But in the year 313, the Emperor Constantine legalized the Christian faith throughout the empire. But this didn't exactly take hold immediately. It's not as if everybody was won over and said, this is a great idea. Rather, there were many of the individuals in his armies in various places of power who still rejected Christians, who still had a strong anti-Christian sentiment within their hearts. And one of them was a general of an army in current-day Armenia, in a town called Sebast. It was that general who, although seven years had already passed since the Edict of Milan had been issued, they announced that anyone who would be a Christian was going to be basically persecuted. Now at this point, some 40 members of the general's army had already converted to the Christian faith, a sizable number of men. And the general said, you need to offer incense to the Roman gods, or you'll be killed. And they refused. He tried various tactics to persuade them, to encourage them to, uh, to offer up whatever incense to the lords, uh, you know, to, to the gods of Rome. And don't see it as a big deal. You, you don't have to actually believe it, just, just go through the actions, do, do the, the exterior things, that'll be enough. But they persisted and said no. And so in anger and hatred, as a way to kill them, in the dead of winter, he took the 40 men out on a frozen pond, had them stripped completely naked, and cast out onto the ice, and to wait for them to die. These 40 men had absolutely nothing to protect them from the elements. The only thing they had to keep warm was to keep close to one another. On the shore, in clear sight of all the 40, was basically a hot tub. 
It was a nice bath with warm water in it. And the guard had, <coughs> excuse me, the general had men lined up on the shore to ensure that none of the 40 would get away. And he called out to them and he said, All you have to do is just renounce your faith. And you can come over here and you can enjoy a nice warm bath. You can get out of the cold, we'll give you nice warm clothes, we'll bring you back home. Things will be okay, just renounce the faith. And the forty cried out to the Lord in a profound prayer and said, Lord, forty are we here. May we be forty crowned in heaven, minus not even one. It was a prayer essentially to say, Lord, let us die, forty, offering ourselves for the faith. And they persisted, offering various prayers and singing hymns through the course of the day, through the course of the night. At one point, after many hours out in the cold, one of the forty abandoned the faith. He left the group and ran off to the side and jumped into the nice warm water that was waiting for him. And his body, now so used to the cold, going immediately into the heat, went into shock, and he died on the spot. At the same time, one of the guards who had been witnessing this whole thing taking place had a heavenly vision of 40 men being crowned in heaven. And he looked at the one who had died and experienced conversion on the spot to Jesus Christ and the Christian faith. And he stripped himself freely of all of his clothing and walked out onto the ice to take the place of the 40th man. Hours later, all 40 of them died. And they're known today as the 40 holy martyrs of Sebast. Yesterday was their feast. I mention this because what the Lord invites us to do in spirit is exactly what those men were forced to do in flesh. Namely, to be completely exposed. They were stripped of everything. They didn't have anything to protect them from the elements. They didn't have anything to protect them from the view of others. Everything that they had physically was completely submitted to the other. And Christ desires us to have that same sentiment in our heart with him. To come to him and to expose all of our soul to Christ. Having nothing to hide behind, nothing to separate us, nothing to keep us from him. Oftentimes the temptation is that we come with fear or with guilt with shame or sometimes even with pride. And we experience these sentiments and they keep us away from Christ. Remember that all of this, that the gospel was just given to us that we read, all of this was spoken to Nicodemus. And Nicodemus is that one who only came to Jesus at night. Remember on the, whenever we do the Stations of the Cross, Nicodemus, he's the one who would come, he was a disciple, But he came at night for fear of the Jews. So he came in the darkness so that no one would see him. So that no one would renounce him. So that he wouldn't lose his authority and his privilege and his honor. He wouldn't lose his his status in the community. He followed Jesus quietly, but not publicly. And it's to him who Jesus says, Those who come in darkness hide their wicked deeds. 
because the good bring themselves out in the light. He's implicitly saying to Nicodemus, if you want to be my disciple, come to me in the daylight. Come to me when you don't have to hide. Come to me when you can let go of your fears. You can let go of your pride. And you can let go of all the things that you possess in this world for love of me. Let yourself be seen for who you are. Let your soul be exposed. It's an invitation to openness to Christ. In the gospel, our Lord on several occasions mentions the correlation between belief and eternal life. So that they who believe in me might have eternal life. But it's important for us to recognize what belief really means to Jesus here. Because belief isn't just a head knowledge that Jesus is Lord. Because we remember that on a number, on a number of occasions, when Jesus is casting out demons, the demons say, I know who you are. You are the, the, the Holy One of God. The demons know who Jesus is. But they don't have faith in him. They don't follow him. They don't submit to him. But they know him in their mind. They know Jesus. There are others who, like Nicodemus, are followers of Jesus, but maybe don't want to show it. In the early 20th century, there was a common, a common phrase often thrown around anonymous Christians. A Christian who believed in Jesus in their heart, but didn't really show it in their, in their, in their exterior life. They were Christian, but they were anonymous. He didn't really know it. And neither of these is what Jesus invites us to and which promises eternal life. Because to believe in Jesus is not just to believe in him in head knowledge but have no faith, nor to believe him in our heart but to have no action. Rather, we are saved by grace and by faith and by works, all three together. We are saved by grace, yes, as St. Paul tells us today. But it's on account of our faith in Jesus Christ and our willingness to put our faith into action. To let our faith change us. To let our faith inconvenience us. Again, we can easily hide behind walls of fear, guilt, or shame, or pride. Who among us maybe hasn't at some time? Maybe some of you haven't. I know that I have. Felt the temptation not to make the sign of the cross, but rather just to bow your head quietly and pray your prayer over your meal without the sign of the cross because you don't want to out yourself as one of those Catholic people, huh? So you just quietly say your prayer without making it too visible. I was talking to a religious sister last week, and she was telling me about two of, and actually more than two, was several of her own religious sisters who had gone to a mosque uh, that was a former Christian church. that They were going to see the church, but now it's been uh, taken over and it's a, a Muslim mosque. And whenever they were going in, they were stopped at the door. And they were told that they could not enter unless they hid their cross. You see, the religious habit of these sisters was they had their veil and they had their, their normal clothing. But also as part of their habit, they were on top of it all a silver cross on their chest. And they said, you can't come in unless you hide your cross. You have to put your cross behind, the, behind your cloth so nobody can see it. And they looked at him and they said, no, this is, this is part of our habit. This is who we are. And they said, well, if you don't hide your cross, you can't come in. And he said, okay. And he left. Inconvenienced. 
but not willing to hide the cross. Not willing to set our, our Lord aside. And how easy it can be for us to do that. To be willing to set our Lord aside just for a moment. Rather than to be inconvenienced. Set him aside rather than to be pushed and challenged. Rather than to allow ourselves ultimately to possibly be hurt. Because this is the real risk that Jesus invites us to. The risk that Jesus calls us to is not just to expose ourselves to him, but to expose ourselves and our soul to one another. And this is the hard part. Because all of us, we can come to God and we can, we can come and we can pray in the quiet of our hearts and we can speak to him. And we know that he is with us, but we know that no one else has to hear it. But as soon as we open our heart to someone else, then we start to face those things such as fear, guilt, shame, pride, and more. This is what keeps many people from coming to confession. But it also keeps us from just simply having genuine Christian encounters and conversation with other people. You know, we've got the discipleship DVDs that are going on throughout the course of Lent. And as we go through those DVDs, at the end, each of the sessions asks questions. And sometimes those questions get a little deep. Some of those questions, if we're honest with ourselves, we have to admit, I'm not what I want to be. And the scary thing is, I'm not who the person across the table thinks I am. But rather than be willing to, to cross over that fear than to get past that shame, to, to, to hide behind our pride, it's easy for us to simply cover that up. To say the right thing, to do the right thing, to give the right answer. Rather than to open our heart and to, to risk being hurt, to risk being wounded, to risk someone else finding out that I'm not perfect. And it's a risk that the Lord invites us to take. Because to the extent that we can open our hearts to him and to the extent that we can open our hearts to our neighbor, then we experience truly what the love of Christ is. The love of Christ is a love that makes itself available, knowing that it will be wounded. Jesus comes and offers himself for us, knowing good and well, that many will not accept him. Many will reject him. Many will mock him. And yet he loves them anyway. And he opens himself to receive them. He makes himself vulnerable. Knowing good and well that will mean his agony. And he invites us to the same. To be willing to open our hearts to another person. To take the risk. To recognize that if we set our fear aside, we will have a crown in heaven. And to be willing to be like that 40th man who, seeing one who fell away, said, I will not lose this opportunity to claim a crown. And willingly stripped himself to go forth. Stripped himself of his fears and everything else to claim the crown with Christ. He invites us to do the exact same. And so, Lord Jesus, we give you thanks and praise for this day. We thank you for the love that you have for us that comes 
and gives completely and gives generously. A love that makes you vulnerable to us to risk rejection and mockery and hatred. But a love that never fades. We ask that you would instill this love within our hearts and help us to love you more deeply as well. Help us to get past any fears or shames or guilt or pride that keep us from you, whether in serving you in another person or coming to encounter you in the sacraments. To set all these things aside, that we too might be able to claim our crown and to rejoice with all the angels and saints in heaven. We ask this to the intercession of those holy martyrs who offer their selves and their entire lives for love of you, that we might imitate them in our spirits today. And so we pray, holy martyrs of Sebast, pray for us.